Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Being Balanced podcast. I am C.G. Townsend, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here, whether this is your first episode or your 10th episode. Uh, We are just here to have really authentic conversations and talk with folks that are being balanced. Speaking of folks that are being balanced, I am so excited to welcome to the show Christina Rodriguez, and I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Um, So my name, like she said, is Christina Rodriguez. Um, I'm really just a mom. Um, I consider myself a jack of all trades. You know, I've kind of dabble in a little of this, a little of that, but a um, mom, kind of a uh, brand partner for lots of different companies and a business owner. And tell us a little bit more about what keeps your plate full. Like, I know you have, you know, work and motherhood and being a wife and all those things, but, you know, what motivates you? Like, what what gets you going? Sure. Um, so as far as what keeps my plate full, I, I said it before, um, I'm a mom. I have little babies all the way up to um to bigger ones i am part of a blended family and so combined we actually have seven um ranging from our five month old up to you know adult age so that definitely definitely keeps me busy um but just really trying to be conscious um with how the time is spent especially with the three little ones that are at home um keeping them happy takes a lot <laughs> of energy and running a business with my husband and just trying to give back, you know, as far as what motivates me trying to, to leave this place better than, um, than I came into it and trying to leave my kids, especially as the next generation, um, to be people that are just going to be good people, make a change, um, leave a mark, you know, I, I want to go out in a great way. So trying to kind of do that through, through the way that we're raising the kids. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that you brought up, you know, just kind of your overall motherhood, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. little ones and you've got a range of ages there, but Mm -hmm. to share a little bit of background with our listeners. So Christina and I connected at a photo shoot. Um, It was a photo shoot that was being held by an organization called Clickish. And we were both there and, um, you know, folks were just meeting each other and networking. And I started following her on Instagram. And what caught my eye was just your transparency, your authenticity, and all those things um, as it relates to your fertility journey. Mm -hmm. So so that's not a topic that we usually address here um, in the Balance Not Busy space, but I think that it is definitely something that is on the minds of lots of women um, that are family planning or just kind of experiencing their own fertility journey. And I'd love for you to share a little bit with us about your experience and the work that you're doing to kind of advocate and generate awareness. Absolutely. Um, And that was a phenomenal event. If you guys don't know about Clickish, check it out. But 
it was a really, really great event. And it was a lot of fun getting to know everyone and getting to spend the time together. Um, I think that really, um, like you said, the transparency that, that you saw is what's a big deal for me. And going through our infertility journey, I did not realize it was so commonplace. Um, like I said, it's a blended family. I have two biological children from my first marriage, as well as a, a stepson from that marriage did not have fertility issues then, um, you know, had the babies, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Um, <laughs> it was good to go and was remarried and, um, discovered that I had a blocked fallopian tube and PCOS and endometriosis and was, you know, a little bit taken aback because I had already had some children and didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Um, I did not know that it was such a common thing, but it was so hush-hush. And I hate to say it even more hush-hush within the Black community. Um, it's not something that's talked about. It's not something that's normalized. And I try to be an open book anyway, um, just with my life and with my kids and with my relationships. Um, you know, I try to be open and honest and, and out there about what's going on and what better way to enlighten more people or help other people feel confident and feel, um, not alone than to be open about my infertility journey. And so that's kind of, what what pushed me into it and how we got started, I connected with another organization, um, Pregnant-ish, and that was a really great outlet and avenue to to talk even more about um, my struggles and just share share the story for other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while you were going through your own personal infertility um, journey, Tell us what life kind of looked like for you. You know, like, how were you able to navigate the day-to-day? Oh, it was so hard. Um, You know, we, my husband and I actually said that we were not going to have any more children. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we, we had our hands full. We were good. And shortly after getting married, we said, you know what? We want to do this together. And of course, with that, um, comes a little bit of hesitation because, you know, a a newer marriage and multiple feelings, you know, other people involved. And so, you know, we were, we were a little bit shy about bringing it up and saying that this is what we want to do outside of like our, our core people, you know, we didn't want to kind of broadcast it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And after a series of doctor's appointments, we found out that we would have to go um, the IVF route. And then I think it really, I kind of locked up a little bit more after that, you know, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, that means this is not like a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to bring it up and get people excited and get myself excited. Um, ugh, it was so hard. Um, but, you know, we went through all the doctor's appointments. We actually connected, um, we were with two other fertility clinics here locally. Uh, we're in Atlanta or outside of the city, but two local clinics and then changed routes and ended up working with CNY Fertility in New York. And actually I did some social media for them, which helped us document the journey even more. 
Um, but our story was interesting because we were travel patients. So we did our doctor's appointments here with, you know, random, random places. But then as far as our actual retrievals and transfers and things like that, we were traveling to New York, which was definitely difficult for planning purposes with, with other children involved and jobs involved Mm. and things like that. Um, it was just a lot of planning required, a lot of ups and downs. We, um, ended up not being successful initially and all the negative emotions around that, especially, you know, we had some, some relatives and family members that ended up getting pregnant, you know, when we Mm. did not. And so it was definitely a little bit heartbreaking and, and hard to deal with and hard to face people, especially, you know, because I had done this so publicly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything, everything was on social media. And so, you know, I had people congratulating me. Well, first I had people congratulating me because I gained weight on the IVF medicine and they assumed I was pregnant. Um, (laughs) wow. Uh, yeah, you know, that was fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, we had, um, did not succeed the first try, which was really heartbreaking and um, made me kind of reevaluate the public way that we were going about the journey. Um, It just, it hurt. And then I think that it was harder to hurt in such a public way, but it was really amazing. The people that rallied behind me that I didn't even realize were there and following along. So that helped. Mm-hmm. And that is actually what pushed us to continue trying and to continue sharing the whole journey and just being really real and candid with everything that was going on. So luckily, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that we've got a five month old. So obviously it ended up working out for us, which was great, but lots and lots of planning and trying to show ourselves grace and leaning on the people around me, especially my husband and and the kids that are here. Yeah. And you've mentioned, you know, grace and the, you know, kind of finding some peace in the planning and just being really on top of like the structure and the logistics side of it, because I, I do think that your story is fairly unique and that you guys were traveling in addition to kind of doing the normal parts that come with the journey Were there books that you read or things that you did like self-care wise meditation or candles or anything that kind of helped you maintain some level of balance during all of this? I am the biggest planner. Um, I (laughs) research things like a crazy person. I probably, you know, drive my husband nuts because I just... I like to have as much information as possible. And we had already been with other clinics. We knew kind of the ins and outs. We knew the things that we did not want. I swear the doctor that we ended up working with, I would text him and call him as much as needed. So I did find some peace in having researched so much and having Mm. a good grasp and understanding of the process and knowing these are the things that are going to be happening. There were a few other resources out there that allowed me to uh, dive in a little bit deeper and feel comforted in what I was going to be doing. And that helped as far as, you know, self-care, self-care is a little bit elusive when you've got, you know, your hands full with children. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I tried as much as possible. Um, I will say, you know, 
Leaning on my husband helped a ton. He is very in tune to me and my emotions and how I'm feeling. And he was really, really, really great about seeing that, you know, I'm upset or seeing that the shots were taking a toll or seeing that I was sick of having ultrasounds every two days. And he was great about grabbing the kids and taking them for a walk or going to get ice cream and letting me stand in the shower, you know, and cry or just be quiet and still for 20 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think can be taken for granted. Um, But it was really, really helpful and really, really awesome to have. For me, it was, you know, powering through some books and I'm such a nerd, love historical uh, (laughs) fiction. So, (laughs) you know, powering through full series of books and just taking the time, I think that not enough of us as women raise the red flag and say, hey, I need help and actually expect to get it. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that my husband and I have always talked about is raise that flag. If you need help or if you need a minute or if you need an hour, I would get in my car and drive through the neighborhood if I needed to just to, to get away and have some peace and have some quiet. So I think all those things combined just kind of kept kept my sanity. And again, the the community that I had built around myself through social media and through sharing our journey also provided me with a lot of comfort because I knew that I had all these other women um, and even some men reaching out asking for advice for their wives or their significant others uh, rallying around me. And that really, really helped. Yeah, that's awesome. And speaking of social media, one thing that I also um, saw when I was when I first started kind of joining this journey through social and and following your page, um, real life is enough. And I'm so intrigued by what does that mean um, to you, considering that it's in your bio? Real life is enough to me just gives people license to live for real you know I think it's so hard to get stuck in the game of what other people are doing on social media what other people's lives look like and I have fallen victim to it as well and so in a sense it's even a reminder for me to be authentic to me and to who I want to be and whether that's me individually or me as a mother or me as a wife or me as a friend, just focus on the real and don't try to live so much for others and try to live up to their impressions of you or what you think their impression is. It's just, it's giving license to just be real and to be authentic. And I think that that's so important, especially in today's world to just know that it's okay. You don't have to put on airs. You don't have to feel bad about yourself. You don't have to wish that you had other things. Life is not always what it seems. And so just try to be real. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And speaking of that, you know, your experience, plus the research that you did, you know, for your own experience, and kind of the things you've been through, in my opinion, lend itself to call you a subject matter expert (laughs) (laughs) of sorts. Um, So, you know, we're living in a very unique time right now. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. A lot of things that were planned are just simply not happening. There's also heightened conversations around systemic racism, whether it's corporate America or nonprofits and everything in between. 
you know, what advice would you give to a woman that's right now just even starting kind of to explore her options as it relates to an infertility journey? I would say that the biggest advice that I could give is to find people that are in your corner. Um, you, you mentioned all these things that are so real and so painful in a lot of ways. Uh, the, the tension we have around racism and race right now are huge and actually it's huge in fertility. And that's something that I did not realize, you know, the numbers are staggering and I'm not going to throw them out right now so that I'm not wrong, um, about the, the exact numbers, but they're staggering as far as the number of black women who don't get the treatment needed or who don't reach out for help for infertility or the, the troubles that they have with their doctors, with not being heard, not being listened, not being advocated for. The numbers are staggering. The information is really sad. And so having people around you that can push, encourage, motivate you, so important. I myself have had doctors that have not listened to me or not taken my complaints mm-hmm. seriously, even within this infertility journey. And it makes a huge difference when you have people in your corner. Uh, the other thing is probably, you know, researching and not not everyone is a researcher and that's fine, but find even people like myself that can give you some information. You know, I've done a ton of research and so I've had so many people reach out and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what are some resources that would work? Or, you know, what, what do you think about this? And whether you want to spend hours online or you want to just be able to, to call a Christina and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what route did you take? It makes a difference. Just having people in your corner and not feeling alone is huge. I think right now so many of us feel alone. You know, I had a baby right before the the world kind of shut down. And so it's been difficult. It's been different to just to be kind of locked inside and shut away. And I know so many people are dealing with depression or just like I said, these thoughts of being alone or not having people in their corners right now. And now more than ever is a time to find those people. There are so many different ways to do it, but find those people so that you don't feel alone and so that you can talk about things and get your feelings out. Yeah. You know, I think that that support system is, is just so important across the board. I mean, like I, I've joined a lot of different small groups and even larger groups specific to this time period, like since March, that have just been so beneficial into kind of maintaining sanity um, on all levels, you know. Um, You did bring up a great point that I'd love to kind of dive into a a bit about racism in like the, as it relates to the healthcare industry and like maternal health and things like that. You know, do you have any advice or thoughts that you would give to a woman of color who is seeking, you know, a specialist or someone to help her kind of go through this journey from a medical perspective. You know, I've seen different articles that have suggested that women of color find doctors that are of color, but I'd love to know if you have any additional thoughts. Absolutely. So there are several things that I've done to make it easier on myself. And even before I get into that, I will say that I grew up seeing 
my own mom, for example, who had to go after, you know, years from doctor to doctor to doctor and hospital and hospital and hospital before she could finally get answers for things. Mm. I have lots of female relatives that have reproductive issues and again, ignored, ignored, ignored. And that's not one thing that I think is okay. It's awful. And if you don't have the resources or you don't have the knowledge, knowledge is power. If you don't have it, then it can be hard to advocate for yourself. And it can be hard to say, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to listen to this doctor telling me it's in my head. I have personally seen it. Um, I have been there. I have had doctors myself that made it seem like I was a drug addict and, you know, you can't be in as much pain as you're saying, you just want pain pills. Um, Mm. and it's so awful. And, you know, yeah, I think to some extent making sure that you see a doctor that is a person of color can help, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes that's not all it takes. Sometimes they don't have your best interest at heart. I think knowing what you need advocating for yourself, listening to your body and just keep pushing, you know, don't, don't take no for an answer. Don't let yourself be put down or put out and, and continue to just keep going. One thing that's helped is definitely getting reviews for doctors. Um, you know, again, research queen over here. So I, I love to look online. You can find reviews. You can find, you know, this doctor treated me like this, or I absolutely love this person. I have even started following pages on social media, on Instagram, for example, to just kind of see how they're interacting with people, see what their patients are looking like, see what their doctors look like, see how it seems like they're treating people. And don't be willing, don't not be willing to change doctors if needed. Mm -hmm. During this fertility journey, I had bad feelings about a doctor. I just, he kind of seemed abrasive to me. He didn't seem concerned or caring or whatever, you know, and not everyone's personality is warm and fuzzy and that's fine. But if you're going to be doing what this doctor was going to have to be doing to me, I want to feel comfortable, right? So you know, being willing to walk away and get your medical records and go to someone else, do it. Yeah. You know, with Pregnantish, I was a part of a a huge survey where we asked people their thoughts on getting second opinions or switching doctors. And the numbers were a little bit sad that a lot of people didn't feel comfortable going to their doctor and saying, hey, it's not working. Goodbye. Um, Wow. And... I was there, you know, I think that when we went from doctor number one to doctor number two, I was so stressed out about it. And I kept telling my husband, like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Like, I feel like I'm breaking up with someone. I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to just send a text and say, it's not working out. Send me my stuff. Um, so, yeah. you know, I I want to say I told them something completely random, like we were moving or something because I just, <laughs> I, I hate confrontation. I didn't want to deal with it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that we moved doctors multiple times because we ended up loving our doctor. Um, my, our rental car broke down. And again, this is winter in New York and our car broke down and our doctor actually came and picked us up from our hotel to drive us to the clinic. I mean, they have thousands of patients. It's a huge operation. And the fact that he was like, okay, I know that this is a big deal and we got to get it done. Came and picked me up 
after the procedure, took us to the pharmacy, took us back to the hotel, checked in, came in on a Sunday to check on me. You know, I wouldn't have gotten that same level of care if I had shied away from leaving to other places. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big deal. Just advocate for yourself and don't be willing to take horrible treatment. Yeah. You don't have to. You know, it's there are other doctors out there. There are other professionals out there. Don't be willing to have service that is not what you need. Yeah, that's really great advice because I, it, it is an awkward situation to kind of quote unquote break up with your doctor, you know, um, it, it, you know, it's someone that knows a lot of intimate details about you. (laughs) So exactly. Yeah. And then also just the time, energy and effort of starting a new relationship, um, with someone and kind of bringing them up to speed, um, that can be a little bit draining too. So, um, that's great advice. And, and you're so right. Like following your gut and, and your intuition is key there. For sure. Absolutely. absolutely. So every person that comes on the show has to answer a really important question. So I hope that you're on the edge of your seat and ready for it. (laughs) Tell us, how do you define balance? I would define balance as um, number one, prioritizing what's important to you. What do you want to give your energy to? Without that, I think you can fall apart easily. So just knowing what's important, what you want to spend your time, energy, love in. And then once you know those things, just working it out, having grace on yourself. You don't have to think that you can do it all right away. Um, I would be a mess if I tried to do everything at once, everything on my own. I make a list of what I need to do, what I care about. And from there, just tackle it in the best way that I can. I try not to beat myself up. I try not to be hard on myself. I try to just live in the moment, enjoy the time with my family and, and make my way through it, if that makes sense. So just, you know, know what you need, know what you want to do and give yourself some grace, have peace in the fact that you will get it done. You will be there it'll happen, (laughs) you know, you know, it doesn't have to have a certain time limit. You don't have to do things within a certain, um, you know, timeframe. And just, I think that that's hard for a lot of people to, to deal with and to know, but that's what works for me. At least it lets me enjoy my husband. It lets me enjoy my kids. It lets me enjoy a teeny tiny bit of alone time, and it lets me still get the work done that's needed or that I want to do. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So, you know, what's next for you? Um, tell us more about life with a five month old. And are you going to <laughs> are you going to continue to share your journey and advocate? I mean, tell us what's what's on the horizon. Oh, so many things. I said, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. So I I love learning. I love doing more. We are, our hearts are so full with our, our baby. She's amazing. The older kids love her. We are just, we're trying to soak up the time. It goes so fast. I never knew that time could go so fast until I had the kids. And I'm a, a little bit sad because my husband's telling me this is, we're done. <laughs> um, so just trying to enjoy the baby as much as possible since she, unless I can 
convince him our our last little baby um so enjoying that as much as possible but as far as everything else running our business and trying to continue to grow that and enjoying it at the same time it's really important for me to do work that I love I have been in jobs that I did not love and that was just a paycheck and something to do and and vowed to not do that ever again so really being intentional with our planning of of life and what's down the road and what comes next for me individually but also us as a family and that takes a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, but totally worth it. So working our business, growing our business, doing lots with the kids, getting them out, trying to make sure that they're socially aware and good people and compassionate and loving and kind takes takes energy and takes time. So we're doing that and continuing to share our journey. You know, it's, it's definitely transitioning and changing but that's okay it's it's real life right we shared our our infertility journey which turned into our success story and I want to continue to educate and advocate for people that are going through it as well it's so important and it didn't just end because we had our baby I still have endometriosis I still have PCOS so those are still things that we're going to be you know dealing with for for a while so continuing that narrative but also just sharing life in general and it's fun but it's you know heartbreaking sometimes it's I have a headache sometimes I get messages you know people say that they really are happy that I'm so raw and authentic in in sharing on social media and so I plan on continuing that because through our infertility journey I've discovered that people are paying attention and that people want someone else that they can relate to and they want someone else that they can talk to and feel a sense of community with. And that's what I want to provide is that sense of community. So we'll, we'll continue our social media journey and, and just being an open book for people. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you. I mean, thank you for sharing and being so open to it you know even if people can't find an in-person friend uh, they can they can find a friend in you you know on your on your Instagram page so absolutely absolutely yeah so I think that that's that's awesome and your willingness um to kind of expose um different parts of the journey and and break it down for folks and answer the questions is really impressive so Mm -hmm. thank you Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. Um, I, I think that this is such an important conversation to have, um, especially in the context of people having so many moving pieces in their life and so many, (laughs) I mean, yeah. And the things you can't control, you know, they kind of, they're a curveball, you know, I mean, um, I like you am a huge planner. Um, but there are some, some things that when I look down, I'm like, I don't really have a lot of control over this, um, right now until someone tells me otherwise, and I can mm-hmm. kind of add it to my schedule in a succinct way. So, um, I'm so very grateful for you for being on the show and sharing such invaluable information. I'm so glad I got to spend the time with you. Thanks for having me. 
My pleasure. Well, friends, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Being Balanced podcast. Definitely leave a review, um, share your thoughts on the show, tell a friend, and so much more. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Being Balanced podcast.